Gentlemen, welcome to episode 84 of Beyond the Blade. I am your co-host Chad Didimenesis, and I am joined here by good my good friend Bill Shockey. And Bill, you know, talk about this for the podcast hard to hear. No, I think it was kind of I don't know. Looking ahead, maybe the name of our last episode was "Don't Fall Off a Cliff," and I think at this point they might be just hanging on to that cliff. Yeah, I think you might be able to name this one Cliffhanger. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, kind of a little bit of a gut punch last night, and this team is just, they can't, they can't you know, figure it out. They're, uh, they're kind of spiraling, spiraling right now, um, and it's it's not good. It's, it's more than one thing, too, and kind of a lot of things not going right, and they need to start fixing some of these things, or you could find yourself out of a playoff spot, unfortunately, pretty quickly here. Yeah, you know, it's... It's crazy because we probably haven't done a podcast, I want to say, like a week and a half. And the last time we talked, you know, it was still like, you know, things weren't trending in the right direction. I'd be like, I don't know. I mean, you got an eight, nine point lead in the playoffs. You're fine. Uh Well, here we are. Fast forward a week and a half. You're sitting here holding on your playoffs up by four points. Boston's about to pass you. Montreal's hot on your tail. You have the Islanders here on New Year's Eve. Uh, Well, today, tomorrow, we're playing on the podcast. And. Here we are, where technically the Islanders have two games in hand on you, and if you always assume the wins, you're basically tied right now. And that is that is overly, extremely concerning. And now we're going to get into here a lot of the concerns, and there is there is a large amount of them. And I don't I don't know. You know a couple weeks ago, I, I felt pretty confident they were at least going to get in the playoffs. Now I'm if they lose tomorrow, I'm not even confident they're in the playoffs by the time the weekends. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's scary to, scary to hear you say it, but, I mean, it's not wrong. And um, I think kind of what this one's going to be, I, I don't think that we're going to start screaming necessarily yet. I think if you see a couple more losses next week, we might be at that point. Uh, but I think this is going to be the, like, Bag of Concerns podcast where, yeah, there's just, you know, there's a lot of things here where they, like you said, they, <laughs> they need to figure it out. They need to figure it out quick. Otherwise, you get behind, and, and like we were saying two weeks ago, for the teams that were chasing the Sabers, it's hard to catch them when you're behind. So if all of a sudden you find that and you're in that position, you're going to need to find another win streak here to find the, a, a playoff spot. And the way they're playing, that's not going to happen, at least now. Yeah, you know, and I think the way to kind of maybe start with all this is, you know, in that ten game win streak, it, it happened. You know, I kind of tweeted this yesterday. It, it's it happens, so it's hard to ignore. But if you pull that away, if you pull those 10 games away, they're 11, 12, and 6, which is a 79-point pace. Like, it's... And they look like a 79-point team the last couple of weeks. I mean, what are they, 4? I think you said 4, 8, and 2 four, eight, since two. it's the winning streak. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, it... it you know, that winning streak, we, we, we all knew they weren't as good as... You know that streak that that they're not a, they're not a ten game winning streak team. You know they're not that good. They have a lot of luck. They have a lot of one goal games they won, and now they're losing all those one goal games or not getting that luck. And 
it's you know that I guess that's hockey you could say, but um, I, I don't know. It's concerning, and you know what I say though I think it's it's a little bit of luck, but at the same time I think that certain things that they could be helping themselves with, and we'll get into those things, i.e., like pilot not playing. Uh, I, I think they're also doing things that are shooting themselves in the foot, which in turn is making them, if you want it, less lucky. Um, in these one goal games, getting that extra bounce. Uh, the, the guys that they're putting in positions to play late in the games and, and a lot of things that we're about to get into. But I, I think that luck comes with putting your best players in the right spot to you know, win these close games. And, and I think that that's kind of fallen off a little bit of a cliff here too. That's why you're kind of not getting those extra bounces. You're not getting that luck. Um, and it's kind of why you find yourself in the spot you find yourself right now. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think it's a good... This is a good time to bring up this. I mean, it, you're not getting the luck. You're not getting the goals. And again, this has been kind of a theme throughout the entire season where it wasn't as bad to start the season where now it's it's exclusively pretty bad. It, it's This is primarily a one-line team. This is a one-line team with a pretty good fourth line. And your second and third lines, your middle and your middle six or your whatever you want to call it, is a mess. Non-existent. Non-existent. I mean, I'll run it down really quick here. Kyle Oposo. No goals in 21 games. His last goal came out 11-13 against the Lightning. Uh, middle stat, one goal in the last 16 games. Pominville, no goals last 14 games. His last goal was the game winner against Minnesota. Shuri has no goals versus a goalie in his last 20 games. Uh, he got an empty net the other night, so I don't know if I want to count that. Uh, Sapoka, no goals in the last 20 games. He last scored against Montreal 11-18. Thompson, no goals in the last 13. And Rodriguez, one goal in the last, is that a 7? 17 games. So I mean, I mean that that that's abysmal. That is terrible from your depth. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's not really even much to talk about it Ed. with with in regards to that. It's just you're, you're as you said, you're literally getting no production from the guys that you need to be pitching in almost you know every other game, every couple games for them to be on fifteen plus game goalless streaks is, you know, it's the, it's the problem. I mean, you, you got a little bit last night, but again, that was the fourth line and some defense. It was Johan Larson um, who unbelievably is your most consistent secondary scoring. I mean, can you believe that going into the season if I told you that? I mean, like, but really, <laughs> that, that's the case, you know? I mean, it's it's unfortunate because you, you need the other six going, but I will say on the flip side of that, it's nice to see, I mean, Lars, Larson's finding his way. Uh, kind of like he did before he got injured two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when kind of no one really had a problem with him, he, he was playing well, and I think he's he's finally gotten himself back to that spot uh, where I, I think he's, like you said, he's playing really well in the fourth line. He's giving you uh, some production what, uh, here and there. Um, first and only shorthanded goal of the season so far for the Sabres. It was a nice play between – great pass by Rodriguez, by the way. Um, but it, yes. it, a really good finish by Larson. So, yeah, I mean, kudos to Larry uh, playing well, but, I mean, you're just getting absolutely nothing from those middle lines, and, and they got to, I don't know what it is, but there's got to be some kind of spark that, that needs to happen soon um, because if, if this continues the way it is, you're kind of just going to fade into the dust here. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny and sad at the same time to think about it. What was it two, three weeks ago when we were talking about uh, Eichel, Reinhardt, and Skinner basically dragging you to the finish line here. Right. Well, uh, they're literally dragging pretty much like a dead body <laughs> to to the finish line here, and it's getting pretty hard to to, to carry. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, when last night, I mean, not that that line had a bad game, but if they're not finding the score sheet, I mean, it's just not happening. I, I mean, I, yes, I know Skinner and Reinhardt got assists on the Scandella goal, but. Uh, if they're not, you know, putting up two goals themselves, you're pretty much not winning games, and that 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 in itself is just a huge problem. Yeah, I mean, it's it to the point where, you know, this is, I mean, this line juggling thing is, you know, something we've kind of talked about a lot on social media. You know, you think it's getting to the point now? I'm curious if your opinion. I haven't talked to you. I really haven't talked to you about it, so I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Do you think? I mean, this is, I don't know, maybe wait till after the Islanders game, but let's say you lose that game and you don't get any other scoring or. Even if you win that game, but the scoring is still comes from that one line. Is it, you know, you said needing that spark. Is it maybe time to, I don't know, Skinner or Reinhardt, one of them has to come off that Eichel line to try to get another line going? I, I've actually thought about it a lot, and for me it's, it's a tough question because I want the answer to be no, but I don't know how it's no at this point. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that 
last week when we were talking about bringing up somebody from the liners to see if it, they can at least get something going on those two lines, yep. whether that be C.J. Smith or a, a, an Alex Nylander, whoever you want to bring up, I thought that might have been at least just the try. You know, try and figure that out so you can keep that top line together. Uh, but if they're not going to bring anybody up, I just, at, at this point, like I said, I want to say no, but I just don't know how you continue rolling these lines out there and it's just not happening. You're losing games and you're losing ground in the playoff race and like you said if you wait any much longer you're <laughs> you could be out of it and then and then what and then you start scrambling and just juggling lines for the hell of it because you can't figure out how to stop the bleeding and who knows if it just gets worse from there um but i mean <clears throat> it's it's tough i assume reinhardt comes off but i don't think you want to move skinner and eichel away from each other yeah i agree with that uh the season skinner's having i, I just don't think that you want to do that but I mean, Reinhardt drives play, so uh, it's just—it's unfortunate for him. I don't—I mean, who do you even throw up on the first line? Pomelo. Hope you revive his dead career over the last. Or know, Oposo, one of the four two. weeks here. Oposo, one of the two. I mean, we're gonna get to Oposo here in a second, but it's. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I think Reinhardt is the guy that you know I'd move off, and maybe this ties another topic I was gonna ask you about with Middlestat. You know, I, I wouldn't be opposed because Reinhardt plays. If you watch the game, Reinhardt plays a lot of the center responsibility in the defensive end. You know, him and Eichel kind of, I mean, they have that good chemistry. They kind of know who each other are. They kind of, you can see they'll switch on and off. You'll see Reinhardt below the goal line a lot and Eichel up on the wall, then he'll kind of start to rush up the ice. You know, and I, I'm kind of getting to the point maybe where... Careful. Do, <laughs> I really can't believe I'm going to say it. I can't either. <laughs> it, do I want to try Reinhardt back at center and then get Middlestat off of center, put him on his wing and see if I can get middle stat to focus on some offense and get his creativity going because the thing about besides that egregious brutal turnover yesterday by middle stat yeah, just behind the back in front of the net which i don't even know what he was thinking there besides that he really hasn't been that bad defensively the issue is he's really not giving you a lot of offensively where like uh-huh. going to the season if you thought of anything it'd be the opposite you'd get his right. offense but he might hurt you defensively where i don't think it's been the case so i, I need to get his offense going because i need scoring and he's my biggest playmaker is not on that top line and you know does Which that I, help take some defensive responsibility away from where you can focus on offense and at the same time i can get reinhardt to kickstart a second line by playing center i mean i'll say i'll say two things to this i think if if you think middlestead is still projected out to be the prospect he's going to be i would say maybe not for now but into the future i would say this is probably i mean maybe a good thing where he's he's doing well defensively he just can't find the offense but like I said, if, if you still project him out to what he's supposed to be, uh, I would think that's a good thing because I think the offense is going to come. But I wouldn't be, like, future-wise, I'm not worried about Middlestead at all. But the problem is you got a team now that needs to start winning games and finding production out of him at, at some kind of capacity. Uh, so the second thing is, like, I, I see the point. Man, it's tough. It's just it's, it's tough because it was a, it was a problem that everybody saw going into the season when you made the O'Reilly trade is – what happens if Middlestad's not ready at the time we're talking about throwing Berglund in the second center? <laughs> he's gone. He went able. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to, to shelter Middlestad until he's ready, and obviously that hasn't happened, and then now obviously on top of that it's not going to happen <laughs> because of how that went down. I mean, good thing, again, look at the future, good thing for the Sabres. But yeah, I mean, the, it's one last contract deal right with, now, yeah. Right, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. So. I mean, that one's, it's a tough one. I, I don't know that I want to see Reinhardt back at center because, again, he's having a really good season. I just feel like we, we keep it coming back to it. We keep experimenting that, and I think it just keeps not happening and not working. Where Reinhardt then disappears for a little while, and then you throw him back up in Eichel, and everything's fine. Um, I, I don't – it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I, I, I see I see the point because now Reinhardt's been in the league a couple of years. Middlestad in his first full season is the one that probably needs the more of the cushioning. Right. Um so yeah, I I guess I wouldn't say I would hate it. I I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I think you're probably probably out of the playoffs if that happens. Uh, like, and I'm not saying like no chance. Like I'm not saying like ten points out. I'm saying like you're probably two to four points out, and then all of a sudden it's like all right, we need to try something. Yeah, so something like that. Happens. That makes sense. Like you, yeah. Before, so you're saying you'd rather drop out of the playoffs before trying that kind of like you're you're kind of saying it's like a maybe like a last stitch. Wild card. That, try to play that one. Deal. 
I, I would think it, that one. But again, I, I at this point, I thought somebody would have been brought up. Yeah. Well, maybe it's in a second here because this, that's getting crazy. But before we move off of this thing, you know, I, I think at the very least, even if you don't put Reinhardt at center with middle set, I, I, I would at least try him with Reinhardt on the wing. I mean, with middle set in the wing. I, I just you you got to give. I mean, this is kind of the situation we had with Reinhardt at center last year. Is he doesn't have the wingers to help him. Right. You know, I mean, Connor Sherry needs a center to help him and not the other way around. Sherry really can't help your center out, you know what I mean? It's I mean, Sherry Reinhardt Middlestead might not be bad. No. No. But again, we've tried the experiment similar to has. I just don't know how like why is it going to be different this time? I mean, maybe because he has good better wingers, so maybe, but it's I mean, the other the other thing too is do you do you give Middlestead Skinner and and Reinhardt, and then see if Eichel can drag two more players with him. Oh, you finally found him a Skinner or a, a winger. <laughs> now you're going to take him away from him. I, don't, I mean, it, it's got. I mean, <laughs> we've seen. I probably do twice. We've first. seen twice now where he's you know dragged two right wingers with them. I mean, but I don't know who the left winger you're going to give him is. I mean, unless you, I don't know. I, Not I don't successfully know. in the win column. Yeah, I, I mean, well, right. I, I mean, do you give him? I don't even know who you'd give him from the left. Unless you put Sherry back there, and we saw Sherry successful in the season, do you put Sherry back there, which might not be a bad idea, and then, I don't know, a Pulse or a Palmanville on that so, right wing? Or you can even, if you want, I don't know if I get that crazy, you could put Thompson up there, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, a, lot of these things, a lot of these things are like, I want to say, like, like I said before, it's like if this is like last stitch, like I got to try something here. I mean, you're almost there, though. You That's are. You, you, like you're I close. said, you could, we could be there by the end of the week. End of the week, you could be there. I feel like this is probably the things running through Halsey's mind at night that keeps him up. <laughs> no, he just dreams about Kyle. Just not Kyle. He just dreams about Vladimir Sapoka playing this top lineman. That's what he dreams about. Boy, you try to get me to go off already? Vlad's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vlad is Vlad Sapoka. That is a uh, that's Halsey's boy right there, and I just. What did I text you? He can go up with the next Mars rover? Yeah, he can go up with a post, I think you said, right? Or whoever, whoever I said, Scandella, I think you said. <laughs> yes. they, can, they can both join the next Mars rover. Yeah. I just, <clears throat> Saboka, I, I don't know. I don't get the infatuation. He needs, <clears throat> in my opinion, he's my least favorite at this point on the ice. Um, and that's saying something with how Scandella's playing lately. And a post. But, um, or Saboka. I'm saying, I'm saying how Skindel and Aposo has been playing. That's, that's kind of saying something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just, to this point, it's, like you said, the, the advanced numbers aren't great, but the eye test is just, it's it's terrible. It's, he's so many giveaways. He gets chances and just nothing happens. He shoots over the net, flubs it, puts it right in the chest. Defensively, I mean, he is he really even that good? I, I don't think he's been that great. He had the terrible giveaway the other night. Yeah. It just, I, I feel like he... I, I don't know. He, what, sixth, sixth most, fifth most time on ice on forwards last night? Yep. Bad Savoka. Is that really what our team is right now? And I, <laughs> I mean, that's why you're losing, right? Yeah. Right I, now you're, the you're crazy part is that that line bad. was the, <laughs> as bad as it is, that line was the second most productive yesterday. And, and again, that gets back to our whole issue we're having here. That's hard to listen to. Because, I mean, if that, I mean, if that's your best line yesterday. That's Well, I said second best line. We know who our best but, line is. But, of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just to give it. But, I mean, yeah, it's just, ah, oh boy, they're in trouble, man. They they're, are in some trouble. They're in trouble. I mean, I'm going to jump to a post now I mean, while we're on it. You know, it's, I mean, I, I don't know what to do with this guy, man. $6 million for the next four years, no goals in 21 games. I mean, we are we are getting, I mean, <laughs> we're getting super close to Matt Molson territory here. But the problem is he's not even a power play specialist. <laughs> he can at least I was getting power out of Molson for a little bit. <laughs> uh, thanks for making me laugh. I forgot about that. He's a power play specialist. Yeah, I was getting power play goals out of him. Just I'm not even that from a post, though. I, I don't I know. I mean, yeah. Well, it's because Molson would stand in front of the net and I could bank it off. Well, that's true. I post is a, a shooter, so he's in the high slot yeah. or the top of the circle. Speaking Probably. of post, though, is there one thing that you, I, I have to ask you that it's bothering me, and it's going to bother you next time you watch the game tonight or tomorrow. Oh, it, you know how we always ragged on Thompson for his toe drags or whatever? Yes. Did you notice, it, it drives me nuts, because I noticed that, so I'm sure Aboriginal League knows it, 
before he shoots every single time he like toe drags it into himself and then shoots it Aposa does yeah he does it almost every time before he shoots i definitely have noticed it on the power play he'll pull it in kind of yeah and then shoot it he tries to go low short side yep that and that was his last goal yes low low blocker and what he did if you go back and watch that goal he pulls it in and then yep. shoots it funny thing is i think if you actually go back to that game i think he he tried it and just missed and then he did it again and scored yep he just hasn't done it in 20 games <laughs> 21 games <laughs> 21 <laughs> but yeah I, I mean it's just you are you're getting very close to i mean you you tweeted it today you're getting close to bio territory yeah, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll run that out now since you mentioned actually people haven't seen it. So I peeked at the number just out of curiosity getting ready for this podcast. So let's see. Let me pull it up here. So as bad as you would think. So he's got four years. It's really not as bad as you think. That it got me thinking that I wonder, if, eh, would I consider it? Yeah. So he has four years left. So how it works is the uh, remaining salary is basically multi is run out over the multiply, the doubled of how many years are left. So it's four years left, so it's all over eight years. So next, so they bought him out this year. Uh, he would be, they would save $2 million. So it would be a $4 million cap hit instead of six. Uh, 2020-21, it'd be $2 million savings. 21-22 would be a $1 million. 22-23 would be a $3 million savings. And then for the next four seasons... It would cost you a million dollars on the cap. So, I, I don't know. I mean, you're. The question becomes can you find a guy? I guess there's two questions. One, can you live with eating four to five million dollars of cap space over the next three years, not having a player there? But at the same time, you can find a guy that makes two to three million dollars that can replace them and be more effective. You know, I think mean, that's, that's. And then, I, I don't. The. the one million dollars for the four years at the end—that's not going to probably be. That's nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially with the cap going up. I, I think it's a uh, four years before that that really. Honestly, I, I think we're yeah. Where you get into trouble is, and it's funny because it's your most savings, but that the second or the third and fourth year, mm-hmm. because once you get there, I mean, the first two years, you'll have, you know, Dalian Salonis ELC. Middlestad still on his ELC, so I, I think you'll you'll have guys there. They're going to be paying cheap enough, even if you resign. Crazy to even say this at this point of how we were at the beginning of the season, but say you resign um, Larson and Gergensen's, right? They're not going to be much. Um, so I, I think the first two years you're going to be able to live with it, especially 2020. You know the 2020 plan that we talked about. Yep. you're going to have a ton of money. Um, I, I think once you have to start paying your Reinhardt again, Dalin, Middlestad, provided everything you know projects out how it should. That's where it might get a little tight, especially if the team does. The team in general projects out and starts winning. Uh, then it's when you're going to be starting to get really close to the cap, <clears throat> trying to make those deadline deals to push your team over the top. Which is funny that I'm even saying that right now, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, I think the first two years are not a problem. It's going to be 21 to 23. Where you might run into a little bit, but like you said, you're getting Seattle in there too, so the caps should only go up and up and up. Yeah. And you already paid at least one of your two big guys the big money. I, I mean, looking at it when you would originally said it, I was thinking no way. Uh, but looking at it now, I mean, you got savings for the first four years, and then I mean, one million for the last four years. And Molson's coming off the books. I don't really think you're paying anybody else at this point. You're gonna Pomelo's gonna drop off. Bogosian and Scandella come off next season. You're paying Hodson. That's your only other buyout with right. money. Yeah. So it's... That's less than a million. So, right. I mean, <laughs> if he... Like, I mean, do you let it go, maybe, let it go maybe one more season? And then after next year, then it's six years instead of eight? You know, that is that... And the numbers stay the same, basically. But I don't know. I, I guess it, it's how the season ends. I mean, we point and laugh at the Oilers with Milan Lucic, but, I mean, this this streak continues here, and we're going to get into a similar position with the Poso. You know I mean? <laughs> I mean, I guess they're making the same amount of money. Waiting another year, I don't necessarily know that the six to eight year or yeah, six to eight years would matter. I th- I think really what it comes down to is how much turnover can you do in a year? Yeah. Am I am I going to need that body? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean the pull because, that's the other issue. You don't have any right wingers. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in your right system now, or you anything, don't, you don't have two whole lines. Yeah. 
if you're going to play Thompson on the off wing, the left side, that's one more right winger that's down. So then, you know, that you're right. That gets into the. I think yeah, I think it's more of a, a body problem than it is the money and cost problem. It's interesting, like you said, it's it is really not yeah as bad as it looks, right? I mean, as you no. would think it would be. I, let's put it this way: it's definitely something that you could throw out there, and it's not. I, I would talk, sit right? there and yeah, I would crunch the numbers, and it's something you definitely could. Which sucks, but <laughs> right, right. I'd rather not have to be having that conversation. Can't just anybody we pay money be worth the money? Yeah. Well, well with that being said, well, thanks again. Nice thanks again, Tim Murray. Appreciate that. You know, that's a. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. Uh, but again, like everybody, even when he was signed, like we we're all happy that it was six. Yeah, I mean, can you? Yeah, I, I keep forgetting that it was right. It was supposed to be seven. seven yeah. And a half. I keep getting it's a seven-year contract too. Like I, I think, like it's oh, six, and they have three of those left. I'm like, oh no, seven. Damn it, it's still four left. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, you you saw that contract. You're like, ah, oh, well, in three or four years, anyways, that's going to be pretty bad. But for the next couple of years, you should be all right with that. And I don't know. Would you get a quarter of a season out of him, basically? I mean, well, if we write off last year from the, you know, the injury thing. Injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, he started off good this year. It's just, I don't know. It's depressing. Moving along, because I don't want to keep talking about a proposal because it really depresses me. Um, before <laughs> we get to, before it is it is interesting. Before we get to the defense, which is even more depressing, uh, <laughs> you know, we kind of touched on a little bit is Vanning a spark. We talked about last podcast jumping into the minors and trying to get something out of there. You know, Alex Nealander. I just don't. I don't know CJ how Smith. I, I don't understand it, especially with the injuries. You're going to keep running really? Remy Alley out there. I mean, I if, you, if you're banking that. on Scott Wilson, please. Like, you know, like that's not what is what is Scott Wilson gonna do for you? Hanging on Scott Wilson, I might as well sell the rest of my seasons and just gear up for next year. Right. I mean if you think he's really gonna help you, I, I don't I, I don't know. I mean I, I it doesn't seem that is not the problem. Right. I mean, it's, it's hanging on Scott Wilson. <laughs> I mean it's I, I, Nylander's hurt, so it's probably not gonna he's not gonna be the one that's gonna be called up. Right. The, but the obvious choice regardless is CJ Smith. I mean it's it's not difficult. This guy was one of the best rookies in the minor leagues last year before he got that knee injury. He was the All-Star Game MVP. He had 17 goals of 44 points in 57 games last year as a rookie. This season, he's on pace for 30 goals and 67 points. He's 24 years old. He's two years out of college. I mean, how much? what, what more development are you trying to get from this kid? I mean, is, it really, is he really that integral? Are we really that concerned that if we take him off the Amrex, it's going to hurt them. I mean, obviously it's going to hurt them, but I mean, come on, you know, like, you know, we, we got to win games here at the NHL level. I mean, you're, you're in the playoffs right now and it's slipping through your hands. I just, I don't understand it. I mean, he's played left wing, center, right wing over the last few weeks. So it kind of looks like maybe they're like prepping him for a call up, but I, I don't get what you're waiting for. You know, you, you could have used the potential spark against Boston. You didn't call anybody up. You could have you could use against the Islanders. Looks like you're not going to call anybody up again. And uh, when when are we going to? I mean, do we literally have to wait for the halfway point? I mean, I, I know Bottle said in an interview that the second half of the season, some of these guys Rochester can help and help them. But why do we have to wait? Why not just we we have to wait till it slips away before like all right now we're going to do it. Like, I, just, <laughs> I mean, I, again, I'm not banking on Smith to come up here and be a 20 goal scorer in the second half of the season, but. I mean, he'll, he'll give me something, he, right? He'll yeah. just spark Can he give me you somehow. more than 1 in 15? Yes. Because that would be nice at Can you give me more than no goals in 21 games? 1 in 16, none in 14, none in 20, none in 20, none in 13, 1 in 17. Because if the answer is yes, then why is he not up here for any of those guys? Right. Because that's what I'm getting right now. And, that's, and again, that's the thing I don't understand. Like, I understand the Botchel standpoint of digging in, not selling the future for the now, like, I get that, and I'm on board with it. I don't expect them to do anything crazy at the deadline. I'm fine with that. But if you're going to do that, and that's your game plan, then why aren't you using the guys you have here to put the best roster on the ice for the NHL? I mean, I tweeted last night, if you're going to sit on your hands and let this slip slip away and do nothing, I, 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 think it's, I think it's gross negligence on the part of the GM. Like, I, I get you have a plan. I get that, like... You don't want to very. You don't want to go off that plan, and you know it's. You're probably playing better than you expected, and you're in a better spot than you expected. But 
change the plan a little bit. Like, I don't I don't need you to go trade a first round pick, but like like you said, for God's sakes, go on your minor league system. Try something. At the very least. I mean you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys on offense who have at least a thirteen game goalless drought. <laughs> and you can't reach in your minor league team to try to get a spark because what, you have a plan? Because you don't want to upset Rochester? I mean it's I don't know. I mean, there's there's not a lot that I've ragged on Bottle for, and I mean, and, and this is one thing too. You can't put on Housley. I mean, he can only you know play the guys that he has, and that this falls at the feet of Bottle. If you let we'll this just too, go, though. we are going to get to that. But <laughs> that's going to come no, to no, de- that's going to come to defense here in the second. But <laughs> if you're just going to Bottle isn't going to let this slip through your hands, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's cool. If you're going to look me in the face when they miss the playoffs, you know, in April and say, well. We, we had a plan. plan. We didn't want to deviate from it. I'm like, well, that's cool because you probably just cost some of your young players some playoff experience. So I hope that plan was really worth it. Because then, because then you're a year behind. Then next right. year, it's okay. Make the playoffs, get the experience, and the next year, then you know maybe we'll start to make a little bit of a run. And then, like you know, it's you know it, three, four years down the road. Right. I mean, I, I get the having the assets and having the futures, but I mean, <laughs> Jack Eichel's in his prime. You know, Rasmus Dahlin's only in his entry level contract for three years. Same with Middlestat. I mean, it's. Not to cut you off, but real quick, because <laughs> looking at the roster, it's like <clears throat> it's out of both sides of your mouth too. Because you're saying this, you're saying the development thing, and then look at what you've done with Tage Thompson the entire season. Right, right, right. So, like, I just understand how, like, if it's cool to do that to Thompson all year, especially when he was up in the press box for almost a week and a half, two weeks in the beginning of the season, then how is it not a right for the guys that are playing well to call up, <clears throat> get them some NHL experience, see if they can at least give you something? Because I guarantee you it's going to be better than what you're getting out of the second two lines right now. Uh, and to your point, too, if they then come up and you get some wins out of that, now you're getting – I was, obviously, it's you want the experience for – you want a good AHL team, and I get it. You want to get in the playoffs, and hopefully that's the team that makes a deep run. But I would say what's the cost? A deep run in the playoffs in the AHL, more important than getting some NHL experience for your superstar guys? How, like how – do I really need Justin Bailey to see a deep run in the AHL, or do I need Jack Eichel and Rasmus, or yeah, Darlene and Middlestad and Reinhardt together, and Ristolainen for that matter, to get their first ever experience of NHL playoffs? Yeah, and Bagos, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys in this team like their first experience. You know, it's I don't, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how the next week or two goes here, but it's it's crazy. You're hanging. I, You're I, hanging. I can't. I can't believe. With how, I mean, two goals, two goals are less in four of the last five games. And the one goal you scored three, you had an empty netter in there. I mean, you're just, you're not getting offense. And, and your secondary scoring, if anything, is, is coming from your defense when you're getting it. Or, Johan, or Johan Larson. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's so, and then, you know, here we go. We're going to jump to the defense now, speaking of, you know, development and. Mm. We finally get Lawrence Pilot up here, who's playing well, and you know he has an average game against the Blues. We take him out. It's called a bad game. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm trying so not to lose my mind like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> the one of the reasons why I, you know, I was kind of happy and sad the same that we're doing this because I'm still hot about yesterday with the defense pairings. It, it's you. There's so many fallouts from the move of taking pilot out taking pilot out resulted in a few things it resulted in uh wrist lining going to play with mccabe while that has worked in the past mccabe is struggling since he came back from the injury and that pair was a mess then what has happened is you had to have dalene go play on his offside the right side with marco scandela in, a, in an attempt to save your veteran four million dollar defenseman because he's been playing so bad and, yeah, Scandella had a goal, and he had an assist, and, you know, good, great, grand for him. But at the same time, that pair was a mess, too. They were, I think, a 36 and 38 in Corsi. That that pair played the lowest, you know, time on ice, I can say, between the two. And, I mean, between you know, all the pairs. And it's it, one of Darlene's worst games of the season, I feel like. And, that, and that's, again, a result of you took him off Bogosian, who that pair was doing fine. Because you had to try to save Scandella, and it's it's just you know, and then you're going to take out one of your better, just one of your better players in general in terms of driving offense, in terms of you know possession, and 
you know, it looks like he's going to sit again for the Islanders game. And, you know, Housley said that he liked his pair yesterday. He thought that Scandella pair was, and Dowling was so good. Well, if they were so good, then why did they play the least amount of minutes? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I don't get it. You're getting two different stories. You are. And I, I don't, I don't. <clears throat> it's what you're seeing and what he's saying. And I just, I, I mean, the thing is, too, before you, you go, is if, is if you're not going to play pilot, that's a bad idea. The even worse idea, like the, the the worst of all ideas, is just have him sit up here and healthy scratch him. Yep. If he's not going to play, if he's not going to play, just give him to Rochester. Just send him to Rochester then. Like have him play somewhere and help the Amherst, not just sit in the press box and help nobody. <laughs> I, just, I can't believe it. I was like, and I, I, not only have I heard it from you, I mean, pretty much everybody at this point agrees that Pilot is probably what at worst your third, fourth best defenseman. Yeah. In the in the system. And like you said, not not only are you not giving him to the NHL team where he belongs, you're not giving him to any any team within your organization to help. It's just at this point, it's frustrating. It's it's kind of frustrating beyond belief. Um, and at this point too, what are these two games? I, and I'm I know it's an 82 game season. All the games are important. You need points, but these two games are at right now in this point in time the most important games in a, how many years? In a while? You yeah, know? yeah. So and for you to. Oh, I don't even want to get into the Boston game. That was, I mean, what a gut punch. It's just a game where you... But they played well the coach side, though, Bill. So You don't have Marshan. You don't have Bacchus. You don't have McAvoy. I, I mean, how for you to throw up an egg and, and lose that game, they played well, what, the first five minutes? Uh, first, and then they played well the second period. Yep. And then, and then other than that, they, they were just disappeared. They were dominated. And, 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 and like looking through Boston's roster... They didn't have, <laughs> they didn't have like they passed around and then a bunch of kids that have been playing okay. Yeah, and their defense, Char is ancient. I mean, how many times did you just get blown by? Yeah, a um, lot, a lot. Yeah, I, I just I don't. They they needed to win that game, and for them to, and I understand it's you're going to get the complaints about the the call at the end. I, I mean, this this I actually kind of agree with Housley, where you're going to get some you know sucky calls. Um, and you kind of just got to go through the adversity. But with that being said, I mean, damn it, refs. If, you, if you're going to put the whistles away, because they didn't call anything for like a period and a half, it felt like, like put the whistles away. I, don't call that. How do you how do you call anything? But, uh, I mean, it's just frustrating. It was a penalty, but, I mean, there was a, a Sheary hold right before that. They didn't call a lot. Of, it was just a lot of questionable stuff. But in general, just it, you should have never gotten to that point. It should have never been 2-1. They should have. Pominville almost went off his skating and they had their chances. I don't. You got to find a way to to make that a two goal game and get those two points. But I mean, I was mad it went to overtime, and then for them to lose it in overtime, yeah, yeah. is just is frustrating. On top of that, and if they go in tomorrow and lose the Islanders, like you said, I, I, I think we're we're on the they're on the edge, and we're on the edge of getting really hot. And uh, I, I can feel it boiling now. I think if they lose. If they lose these games coming up, uh, uh, look out for the next podcast because it's it's not going to be pretty. But I, I mean, in general, it's just not only is the team regressing. I feel like Housley, the little things that if you remember going back to the ten game winning streak, I, I started to talk about them, and you agreed with them. But you said, you know what, they're winning games, they're on a ten games to win streak. Like, let's not you know talk about those things because they're winning. Right. Like those things are getting magnified now because oh, yeah. you're not getting the bounces. You're not winning those games like though like i feel like what well, in the 10 game win streak he you felt like housley really had a, a his you know pulse on the team his hand on the pulse of the team where you know he's putting reinhardt in the right position palmerville in the right position like that's not happening anymore i feel like there was a point in the game last night where you had an icing the team was dead eichel's line wasn't the team that was just out there so they were rested enough i would say then he rolls the saboka line out there in the offensive zone like you need the, you need a goal there and why are you not putting out the line that is the only line that can give you a goal uh, right. at this point? It's just like things like that. And then, man, it, it goes <laughs> when they're playing the Ducks. And then, you know, Rob Ray, whether it's true or not, saying like Randy Carlyle is a wizard in matchup. So Phil Housley said he's just going to roll lines because, you know, what the hell? It just, it, it, it just feels like you're getting to a point now where everything was good because the team was winning. But now that they're starting to lose, I don't know that he's in the position to 
correct it. And I feel like maybe behind the scenes, he's floundering as well. And I think if that's the case, you're in trouble. You're in a lot of trouble because the, the team on the ice is not playing well at all. And if he has no clue how to fix it, I think <laughs> it might be a long, I don't want to say it, but a long second half of the season. It's kind of crazy to say, I, <laughs> how many weeks ago was it that you posed a potential coach of the year candidate article? I know, I know. And now look at where we are now. I, I think you're, you are uh, Islanders, Panthers, Boston, Bruins loss from the pitchforks coming out. Yeah, and it's and I don't know that's necessarily not warranted, and I, I don't want to get there yet, so I'm going to save it. But there's just there's like I said, there's things that are concerning that we're getting to the point of they, they got to find a way to fix it. And if you can't, the job of a coach is to get the best out of your players. And if you're not getting the best out of your players, then where are we? So it's funny that you you asked that question because or you bring that up because the question I was going to ask you here to wrap up is, you know. It, Taking a step back, realizing going into the season, we were hoping for, what, an improved 82-85 point team, right? Now, where we are now, what do you think gets more... <laughs> I guess I'll put you this way. Let's say the Sabres miss the playoff, and they, and they end with 87 points on this season. Do you think that there's more flack after... That type of season where every where all this has happened, the ten game winning streak, they're in a playoff spot by a lot. They miss on with eighty seven points. You think that gets more flack for Bowdrill and Housley, or a team that just kind of middles the entire time and finishes with eighty two points? I'm pretty sure where your answer is going to be, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the easy answer is what's happening now gets more flack um, because you had the, you had you. you had so much of a lead. It's just you, like you said. Two weeks, two weeks ago, we we're talking about a, a fourteen or eight point lead, nine point lead on the playoffs, and now, you're, two weeks later, you're down to three. And we four. kept saying, like, the only way to make the playoffs is you have a major collapse. Well, here comes the collapse because you're in the midst of it. Right. So I mean, yeah, if you were just you know winning every other game the entire season, then had a couple of wins at the end, and you know had eighty seven or wherever we projected like ninety two ish, yeah, you probably don't see it because in that scenario you see growth. In that scenario, they, they have a rough start. The team eventually starts to get better, and then they're just not better enough to get in. Here, you had a team that started off rough, went on a miraculous 10-game winning streak, so it got everybody's hopes up, for better or for worse. Yep. <laughs> right now, it looks for worse. And then all of a sudden, they just, like you said, and that's, I think that is the problem, is because you had such of a lead, everybody was talking, you need a collapse, and that's a pretty strong word. But we're <laughs> unfortunately we're watching it unfold right now. We're we're in the uh, middle of a four and two collapse right now. I mean, <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, and, and that's the problem is you. And this is why it's more detrimental for Bottle and Housley because you had a team that pretty much just had to not do what they're doing to make the playoffs. And then if you can't find a way to stop this from happening, and you're not doing anything to stop it, like that's uh, undoubtedly it's going to be on you. Yeah, whether you like it or not. Whether you had a plan or not, it's you, you got to find a way to stop the bleeding. No one's asking you to go out and, you know, like you said, give up first round picks to, to go, you know, go get make Kevin Hayes. Run here. Right, yeah. yeah, and we're not asking for that. You're, the, the fans are going to be asking for just stop the bleeding, stop this from happening, so I can at least hold on to that three spot for a little longer, and then if I dip into a wild card, so be it. Um, but, but at the very least, point, if you're going to fall out, try call somebody. You're nose diving. Yeah, you're nose diving. Do something. Do I mean when you talk about these these streaks, you know, and it, it's just it, it it and I think this is kind of the question I posed in the beginning that I think it's a good way to end is how long is this gonna go, how long do we let this go for? Well when is it when is it gonna be enough? Is it is, is it gonna be when they fall out? Is that when it's enough and then maybe it's too late? Because then you become the chaser. Yeah, and that's a tough spot to be in. Right. We've talked about that well, numerous times. Right. Those teams that have chased sabers were like, well, yeah, I know they're eight, nine points back, but come on, I mean, think about how hard. I mean, think about how hard four points is to make up. Well, you become that team now. The roles are reversed, and I don't know. It, it's, you just don't have the team to do it, and I know it's it's crazy for me to say that because they have done it, but I, I just you're just getting nothing right now. And, and Eichel, Skinner, and Reinhardt are not going to give you another long winning streak without some help. No, it's just not happening. No, I, they're I mean, seeing it. They're they're struggling to keep their head above water at this. Point. Yeah, and they're they're still. It's 
I don't know. And, they, and the crazy thing, this 10-game winning streak, I guess, kind of defines the luck that he got on that winning streak. I mean, that 10-game winning streak, got Eichel score one goal, where Eichel's playing out of his mind right now, and yeah. <laughs> your team can't do anything because you're not getting anything. anything. Yeah. You're not getting anything else. And, and here there is, too, is we, we wrote it down, not to, to go off along on this, too, but I think your, your goal timing hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been as good. No. No, I, mean, and Totten, I, I think I don't want to say I don't, don't want to say struggled, but he no, hasn't been as sharp. He hasn't been as sharp as he has been. I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to blame a lot on the goaltenders when you're scoring two goals a game either. You know what I mean? No, 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 Right, we're, we're not we're not blaming. Yeah, we're not blaming the goaltenders here. Just like you said, you're right. right. It's not as sharp I, as it was to start the season. Yeah, I, I wanted this to be a blur, but yeah, because it is. You were getting amazing goaltending out of both goaltenders in the beginning of the season through the 10 game winning streak, and now that's not happening. And with and it, like you said, I'm not blaming the losses on them. I'm just saying it's another part of you're not getting scoring. Hutton is now not playing out of his mind. He's still playing good, right. but he's just not playing out of his mind. He's not stealing your games I, anymore. Exactly. Uh, he's he's fighting rebounds a little bit. Like he was getting a lot that was you know sucking sucking him in, sticking to him early. Uh, he, he's fighting a little bit the last couple of games. I've noticed a lot, but again, still still playing good enough. I mean, what was it? 30, 33 saves on thirty five shots last night. That yeah. should be good enough to get you a win at home against you know a, a divisional opponent that's chasing you. So. For you to not be able to find three there is a problem. And so that's not on him. But yeah, I, I think just to add on to that, you're just you're not getting, you know, exceptional goaltending anymore. You're just getting good goaltending, which should be good. Should be fine. But for this team, it feels like it feels like the Eichel injury all over again. When yeah. you got you know, what was it, one game over two goals for an entire month? Yeah. We're not we're not there, but it it, it feels like it. Yeah, I mean we're we're getting on a couple weeks of it now, right? So it's uh, yeah. I mean we're yeah, at, we're at two weeks of it now, now with the last five games. So I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I I think that's probably a good spot to wrap up because it's <laughs> you can probably tell by the tone of my voice I'm going here. It's getting more de- and more depressing as we're talking about it because it's it, it's hard to you know in in the beginning it was so fun and so exciting and now it's hard to see that it's like you know you kept saying during the streak we're waiting for reality to hit and we thought every game was that reality. You know, and but I, I think reality has come with a big hand and smacked a lot of us in the face. You know, it's <laughs> and it's it's reality. smacking smacking you back down to earth pretty hard here, and it, it's unfortunate because you know the games aren't as fun. It's not as exciting. It's a lot of frustration, and it kind of I don't. It's not as bad as last year, but you know, it, it's that losing that just and, the, and then the way they're losing. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's tough. It, it's it's tough. not good hockey. No, it's not, and. A lot of mistakes, a lot of those errors, a lot of those defensive lapses, along with little things that are correctable and that are just costly. They're going back to games. flipping them out, too. Yeah. There was, I forget who it was. But there was a – both teams were changing. Somebody just turned around and slapped it in. What yeah. are you doing? Go back and let everybody change and keep possession. Yeah. There's, they're getting away from, from keeping the possession as well. They're, they're going back to the just you know flip it off the wall, get it out. And uh, they're just giving away possession. I think that's why also your course numbers are rub bad. But, I mean, like you said, kind of to wrap it up, going back to the beginning here, <laughs> I think you're on top of the mountain and reality's kind of kicked you off and you're kind of hanging on by an arm or both hands here. And pretty much what it's going to come down to is can the players and or Housley Botterill figure out a way to lift you back up, get back in on top of that mountain, or reality going to step on those fingers and you're falling off. Down you go. That, that would be a sad ending to the season, but yeah, hopefully, <laughs> God, just please, hopefully that's not the scenario because I don't, I don't want to do that for forty-one games. Let's hope that's not what happens. But you know, if it is what it is, and uh, it, it, like I said, it's depressing for you know, it, it's a crappy way to have our last podcast of the year to end this way. You know, when it's this season to this point has been so exciting, but it's kind of you know, it, it sounds like a little podcast that kind of started this year. You know, with the depressing bad team, not a lot of bright spots. I mean, this team sure has their bright spots in the future. Let's not kid ourselves, but you mm-hmm. know, this season, there's just, there's, there's, a, there's a lot more questions than there are answers, and you know... It's just disappointing. It is, it, it is, and I and I said that too, you know, if, if they're going to miss the playoffs, it, it's going to be really disappointing. I know that probably wasn't realistic going into this season, but where they are now, it's it, it's going to be a huge disappointment, and if you fall out of that, I mean, if you... <laughs> I mean, I, I thought if any they fell out of the playoffs, they might fall out in the last two weeks of the season. But if you fall out of that by the halfway point, when you had such I mean, a lead that big, 
I mean, I thought I remember texting you like two weeks ago. I was like, the Islanders are ten games back. They're never catching them. And mm-hmm. here we are. Here we are. Here comes tonight. And if you lose that game, you're you're two points up in a world of hurt. Especially when you can't be Florida to save your life either. That's you know coming up on Thursday. Yep. So we'll see. We'll keep our fingers crossed because a win, you know, tomorrow or tonight, depending on your listening, will, you know, it bumps it back to six, and maybe that kind of gives you some confidence again moving forward. So we'll see. You know, and they got a whole new twenty nineteen. Exactly. Exactly. Just a whole new year. Out. Yeah. All right. It's a perfect time to start it and get a nice playoff push here for the end. I mean, you know, we can't be over. I guess you could say we can't be over excited. Or not, I'm trying to find the word here. We. We at least appreciate that they're in the playoff conversation. I guess you could say that because I think that does need at least be said. Where you know it could be like last year, where they're at this point, we're like, yeah, let's talk about I don't know Jack Hughes, and you know maybe if we can get some <laughs> luck, and <laughs> where mm-hmm. at least this point we're in a we're in a playoff conversation. So you know, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like you said, it's just it's the way it's happened, which yeah, is kind of where right. we are currently right. in this podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if you take a step back and forget everything that's happened, I mean, you're sitting third in the Atlantic right now, and, and you got a couple points up with a big game coming up tomorrow night. Go win it. You go win. Win a hockey game and get everyone happy again going into New Year's, right? Yes. That's all that's you can hope for. Yes. So to wrap up here, make sure you follow us on Twitter at BTB Hockey. Uh, we will also have an Amherst podcast coming tomorrow, too. Um, Rochester has actually fallen out of first place since the first time since October. So there's some issues in the minors as well, which is a little bit concerning. But we'll talk about those with Keith tomorrow. Uh, make sure you follow us and subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all those places. Pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast, we're going to be there. Uh, any ratings you can give us, comments, positivity, Positivity is needed by everybody at this point, so we can take some of that positivity for the podcast as well. <laughs> and yeah, everybody have a happy and safe new year. Um, you know, this 2018 was a good year for us, you know, in terms of our growth and, you know, all that exciting, fun stuff for the podcast in general. And we appreciate you listening and enjoying the podcast through a rough season last year and a good season, half season this year. So. A little bit of the good and the bad so far here mixed in in 2018. Hopefully 2019 will be the beginning of a lot of good, and that'll be fun. But uh, I just want to give our listeners some appreciation for helping us grow in 2018 and you know motivating us to add more, and we'll continue to add more as we go here. So thank you for that. Have a safe and happy new year. And like Bill said, let's 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 win a hockey game. Let, let's win a big game. Get those good vibes back and head in 2019 feeling good about ourselves. Sound good to you, Bill? I mean, who the heck are the Islanders? They don't even have tomorrow. I mean, just, they have Robin Leonard in goal, right? <laughs> That's going to come back to play. He's going to shut us out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. really nice. Oh, no. All right. Time to go. So for Chad and Bill, <laughs> we're out of here. We will... <laughs> We'll talk to you next week, and hopefully it'll be a lot better mood than it was this week. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a happy new year. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Happy new year.